Good morning. Is Chris in here? Okay. When I first came here over 28 years ago, come on down, buddy. There was a, a little uh, 10-year-old boy who uh, his mama brought him, and I went to visit him in the hospital and so many times, and uh, they said he would never grow to adulthood. This Thursday is not only Thanksgiving, it's his 38th birthday. Amen. Yeah. Almost, almost every week, you probably notice, almost every week Chris comes down to be prayed for. And, uh, you know, it's, yes. I mean, you know, some people, they're, they're kind of like, well, you know, I prayed for that last week. Or, you know, or I've been down there three times already for that. This boy's been coming for 28 years. And that's why he's still with us. I'm just telling you. Yeah, where's my slide? Uh, yeah, I was, I, I'm, I'm ready to get into this thing here. Uh, yeah, put, put me on. This, uh, this week is, yeah, Thanksgiving. And I am thankful for a bunch of things. We're going we're gonna to talk about that uh, here in just a minute. Would you, I, I said this in earlier service, I need to say it again. I think Barbie may be my favorite singer in the whole world. Uh, there's just, uh, you know, there's just something about her voice that uh, the, the quality that it has to it that just goes right through me. And, uh, but I'm glad that the Lord wouldn't let you be a, a big singing star. He made you a pastor instead. That's good. Yeah. I am thankful for that. Yeah. I'm th- Would you stand with me and let's read for Thanksgiving. Let's read from Lamentations. Because of the Lord's great love, we are not consumed, for His compassions never fail. They are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. I say to myself, the Lord is my portion, therefore I will wait for Him. The Lord is good to those who hope is in Him, to the one who seeks Him. It is good to wait quietly for the salvation of the Lord. Father, I thank you for your word. I thank you for the truth that's in your word, the the power that's in your word, the life that's in your word. And I thank you for the presence that's in your word, the presence of the Holy Spirit. And so I pray that you would that you would touch us, that you'd quicken us, that our hearts would receive what what you want to do in our lives today. In Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated. Uh, as I said, this week is Thanksgiving, and y'all already knew that. What else is this week? Chris's birthday. Yes, that's true. <laughs> uh, this week's probably going to have a Monday in it as well. Uh, yeah, Black Friday. Which I think has actually kind of morphed into Black Week. Uh, I mean, uh, Margaret was telling me earlier this week, she said, I think the real sales are already here. Here's the thing. Uh, here's the secret. They know you're already going to come on Friday. So, you know, yeah, maybe, maybe it starts this week. Well, here's, here's why I'm mentioning this. I mention it every year 
and I'm going to mention it every year that I'm up here and I have the breath to do it. Give your family the marvelous gift at Christmas time this year of not exiting Christmas in more debt than you entered it with. You may, yeah. You, you may say, how will they know that I love them if I don't spend more money than I have? That question's too dumb to even answer. <laughs> Just don't do it. You know, if you, I, I'm not saying not to shower the people you love. Well, that's an idea. Shower the people you love with love, maybe, you know, instead of debt. So anyway, just just saying, have a good time on Black Friday. Sleep in. Uh, As believers, we are instructed uh, to be thankful and and have been. Really, uh, the psalmist says, enter his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise. Give thanks to him and and praise his name. That's That's the key into entering into his presence. Thanksgiving. Now, brokenness can also take you into his presence. And if that's the one you prefer. But Thanksgiving will get you there as well. Uh, it's not just in the Old Testament, though. In the New Testament, First uh, Thessalonians. Give thanks in all circumstances. For this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. What is God's will for my life? Well, there are any number of things that could be filled in there, but one thing I know for certain that applies to everybody in this room is that it is His will for you to give thanks in all circumstances because the circumstances are not why you give thanks. Thankfulness, like love, is a decision that you make. Something you decide to do. You, you get up, and, and, and let me, it's not one of those things that necessarily comes naturally. So it's not one of those things that's just going to happen. You get up in the morning, and you go, I'm going to be thankful today. I'm going to be thankful. You say, well, you know, there are days that I don't feel thankful. I know. I know, because there, there are days that I don't feel thankful. There are also days that I don't feel in love. Does that relieve me of the obligation of loving my wife? <laughs> you do know she's not in here right now. <laughs> and, and, and I'm sure that there are days that she doesn't feel in love with me. I mean, I, I know that. I, it's hard to imagine, but I know it. <laughs> I'm sure that there are days that she doesn't feel in love with me, but it... She does it anyway. She loves me anyway. There are days when you don't feel like God is there. There are days when you don't even feel like there is a God. Now, does that relieve you of the obligation to walk by faith? Let me tell you a secret. Atheists, there are days when they feel like there's a God. And it's... uh, it's a little unnerving for them, and, and, and that's good. But it, it's not feelings. If, you, if feelings guide your choices, then your life will generally just be a hot mess. That's, that's how it's going to be. But if faith guides your choices, 
then you're free and you can truly choose. And if, if faith based on truth guides your choices, your life goes to a whole different level. It really does. I mean, a lot of people, well, some people, you know, have, 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 have faith, but what their faith is centered on, what they believe, isn't necessarily good stuff. And so, you know, they make their choices based on that faith. But if, but if faith based on truth guides your choices, then life, it's a whole different experience, a whole different way of living. Many of us will sit around a table on Thanksgiving and 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 uh, hopefully maybe share what you're thankful for. Uh, and we have much to be, much to be thankful for. Uh, provision. If you have a table to sit around at Thanksgiving, then you've got something to be thankful. You're ahead. You're ahead of much of the world. And if, and if there's food on it, especially an abundance of food on it, wow, that's, that's definitely something to be thankful for. As a child, I used to view Thanksgiving as a necessary stepping stone to Christmas. Uh, you know, I, I was an only child, so we didn't have a lot of family that came. In fact, I was trying to remember what we did at Thanksgiving, and I uh, I meant in the first service that came to me, I think we probably went up to Union City to visit my, my, my grandmother. I only had, I only knew one of my grandmothers, uh, grandparents. And, because uh, the others had already passed away. Uh, but Union City was a four hour drive at that time up to West Tennessee. Uh, and, and the youngest cousin that I had over, over there was five years older than me. And when you're, when you're a child, five years, that's, yeah, that's, uh, so I had I had no reason to go there. Nothing. It wasn't really enjoyable thing necessarily for me to go. And so Thanksgiving was just kind of one of these things that you went through. You had to go through to get to Christmas when you could really, you know, when you got the stuff. That was uh, as a child. Today, man, today, and I'm on I'm on the other end of that equation. And I really I really enjoy having having the family there and. And uh, everybody's there. We sit out and get to eat with them. And we got extended family coming. I think we got 24 people coming this year. So we'll be, you know, cleaning out the, I don't know where. I would say, does anybody want any furniture? But somebody might take me up on it. And I haven't talked this over with Margaret. But, uh, you know, we've got to clean out the the living room and kind of set things up. And that's just going to be Margaret's brother and his wife are coming up from, uh, from from um, Fairhope in Alabama, and we haven't seen them in a while. I'm excited about it. It's good, you know, to to get to sit down and and eat with these people. I mean, we're talking. Even, I know it's too close to lunchtime. I want you to listen to the rest of this sermon, <laughs> and, and and I want to be able to give it because I started to think about what we're talking. And no, uh-uh. uh, provision, peace. Peace, we, we, are, we are so blessed. Very few of us that are here today have experienced real violence in our lives. Now, as a, as a nation, we're, uh, we're blessed because it's been, well, since uh, the middle of the 19th century that we had a war on our, uh, an actual war in, in our borders. Uh, there is a lot of violence in our culture. You know, I, I, I do know that. We are a violent people. I mean, we just are. Uh, we're, we're very warlike. And, uh, and some of you probably have experienced violence. 
But by and large, you know, we, we're blessed with peace. We really are. We're, and if you don't like our government, at least we got a government. You know, if you live in Somalia or, or someplace where they, where they don't have one and, and things are, are changing all the time, that's a, that's a very difficult situation. To, to live in and to, and to bring a family up in. So, we, so provision and peace and, and people, people, parents, mentors, teachers, coaches, new friends, old friends, teammates, schoolmates, co-workers. It, the list goes on and on. As aggravating as people can be, this world would be very dull without them. And if you, if, you, if you think that you don't have anyone to be thankful for, you just simply haven't thought enough. You just simply haven't thought deeply. I mean, they can hurt, but they, they can help, and they do help. The very fact that you're here is testimony to the fact that someone fed you and clothed you and sheltered you and trained you and put you in a position where you would be able to, to make your way in the world. I mean, there, there are people to be thankful for. And even, you know, even, even Uncle Harry, you know, the, the guy that you're dreading come, have, have, have come to your house on Thursday or dreading seeing on Thursday. I mean, there, there's maybe have you ever thought that God put you in his life for something good? Because he's such a jerk. And he needs some good people like you. Uh, I'll, I'll expand on that here in just a minute. But, and that gives meaning and purpose to your life, to your thanksgiving. And of course, Jesus Christ and our salvation, no matter what else is going on, no matter, no matter what's going on in the world, no matter what's going on in, in your life, no matter what's going on inside of you, this is our rock. This is our cornerstone. This is, this is our, our North Star. I had a, a real restless night last night. It was, in fact, it was, uh, uh, you know, I, I don't know. I just, I, I was having these troubling dreams and stuff. And, and I, and when I got up this morning, Margaret, uh, Margaret and I stagger our getting up on Sundays because it just works better that way. Uh, but when I got up this morning and, you know, in our, in our staggering, finally crossed paths, you know, she said, Man, I just, I, I don't know why, I just really feel troubled. I, I really feel, and I don't know why. And I said, well, you know, I don't either, but I think I know now. Since, since you got it too. Because, you know, sometimes that could be from the Lord, but this didn't feel like it was from the Lord. You know, this felt like it was from the other place. This felt like, I know you're going to teach about Thanksgiving tomorrow and good stuff. So let me mess with you. Ha! Fat chance. Jesus died on the cross for me. I've been saved and redeemed. I have eternal life. I think I'll go preach a sermon about Thanksgiving today. So no matter what's going on in our life, and not only that, Jesus brought something into the world in a measure never seen before. Something, something that we should remember and be thankful for because as, we're, as we remember it and as we're thankful for it, then we remember to be a part of the greatest, most enduring, most valuable force in heaven or on earth. 
got a brief little video that will describe. Did you want to bring the lights down? And away we go. thankful that God put love in the world. I am so thankful that, it's, that this exists, that this thing is there. And it's, it's, it's fundamental. It's foundational in our lives. Uh, Jesus was asked one time, what is the first and greatest commandment? Love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment. Okay, well, what's the second one? Well, how about love? Your neighbor as yourself. Only that one's also already been superseded by the great commandment, uh, the mandatum that was given on the, on, the, on the night before he was betrayed, when he said, love one another as I have loved you. So, so you, must, you must love one another. 
So this is also the, the only biblical way, the only biblical marker that people will know that you're a disciple of Jesus. Say, so, well, you know, I mean, they'll know I go to church. They'll know I can quote a lot of scripture verses. They'll know my theology is good. They'll know because I tithe. Now, you may tithe because you feel guilty. That may be the reason why you do all those other things. You know, somebody's a good whistler. No, the only biblical marker that says you're a follower of Jesus Christ is if you, is if you love one another. And, and, you know, and we have a tendency to think, oh, okay, love one another. So I'm supposed to love all Christians. Now, that kind of sounds like, who is my neighbor? Because once we get it narrowed down to all Christians, then we may go, well, you know what? That just means Protestants, right? Because I don't think those Catholics, you know, they don't they don't really have anything. And then once you get it down to the Protestants, well, it just means evangelicals, you know, uh, uh, well, it's only charismatics. And the next thing you know, you got to you got to you got to strip about that wide. And I think what Jesus actually means is people. I think when he says love one another, yeah, look around. Everybody, every person around you is a person. They are, the, they are like you. They are the same species on this planet. Well, what is the, what is the third greatest commandment? It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. Because Jesus said, all of the law and the prophets hangs on these two. And then, and then Paul wrote later on, and, and he said, love does no harm to its neighbor. Therefore, love is the fulfillment of the law. I am so glad it's that easy. So, well, what about the Ten Commandments? It's about love. Have no other gods before me. Don't make any graven images. Don't use my name in vain. If you love God... You got those covered. Now, uh, the, the Sabbath day, that, that kind of seems to be an outlier. Uh, but we get, to the, we get to the New Testament and discover that, that really it, is, it prefigures a person. Because he is our rest. He is our Sabbath. So it prefigures Christ. And then and honor your father and mother. Uh, don't murder. Don't commit adultery. Don't steal. Don't lie about somebody. Don't covet what they have. If you love them, you got all you got it made. You got you got all of that. You got all of that stuff covered. The Ten Commandments are based on love, and love is at the very core of God. It's, it's at the very core of who God is. First John chapter four, verses seven through twelve. I want to I want to look at those for just a minute. And I want you to look at them with me and actually think about them. Okay? Dear friends, let us love one another, for love comes from God. Everyone who loves has been born of God and knows God. Whoever does not love does not know God because God is love. I, I used to have a big problem with it. I, I still have, it's still, that second sentence. Everyone who loves has been born of God and knows God. 
I'll just be honest, that messes with my theology. And it may mess with yours too. But it's what the book says. I mean, it just, it says it. And I, what, what I've decided to finally do with that is I don't need to worry about how that fits into my theology. What I need to be concerned about is the third one, third sentence, because I know that's written to me. Whoever does not love does not know God, because God is love. And so if I'm not, if I'm not loving, I'm, once again, I may know a lot of Scripture. I may know Christianese. I may know the do's and don'ts of the culture. But unless I'm loving, I don't know God. Because the Bible says that. And then he goes on to say, this is how God showed his love among us. He sent his one and only son into the world that we might live through him. God doesn't just say love. Uh, we might, what is love? I had a friend one time uh, when I, after I came back to the Lord, one of my college buddies who was just as lost and heathen as I was, uh, I, I still had been, I began to hang out with him. And we would have these conversations. And I remember him asking me one day, well, what, you know, what is love? And I, I remember just kind of going, I don't know how to answer that question. Now, I, I know how to answer it now because I would open up to 1 Corinthians chapter 13 and go, okay, this, this is what love is. You know, th this lets you know if this is love or not. And everything in there is a choice that you do. But at the time, I didn't quite know. Well, God doesn't just say love. God shows it to us. This is what he did. He sent his son into the world that we might live through him. And then it goes on to say, this is love. This is love. Not that we loved God, but that he loved us and sent his son as an atoning sacrifice for our sins. He actually did something that showed that he loves us. And, and, and God doesn't say, it's not a matter of, okay, I've shown you now, you know, let's, let's see some love, people. No, God, God loves us, continues to pour out that love to us, and he says, follow me. Do what I'm doing. And then, and then finally it ends up with this. Dear friends, since God so loved us, we also ought to love one another. No one's ever seen God. But if we love one another, God lives in us and his love is made complete in us. Presence of God's a wonderful thing. I, I, you know, I, I, I love the presence of God. And there are times when it's thicker. There are times when you feel it more than others. And, and different people tend to feel it somewhat in different ways. And, and I think some of, the, some of the things that I used to recognize as the presence of God, I now kind of think, suspect that it might have just really been a good time. But when you, when you love people and that really, that's really happening, wow, God's presence is manifested among them. That's what heaven is like. God is love. When we love, God lives in us. And I am, I'm, I'm thankful that there is no question about what the most powerful force in the universe is. None whatsoever. And, and it's, not, it's not the hydrogen bomb, you know, and it's not, even, it's not even the waves of the ocean. Though, you know what, I, I was thinking about it uh, 
when I, when I was trying to come up with an illustration, uh, a slide for this, I was thinking about it and I went, I, I don't know how to do the calculus on this and I don't know if anybody does, but I would suspect that in any given 10 seconds, there's more power in the waves of the ocean that, that's going on on the earth than, than there is in probably all the hydrogen bombs that have ever been created that are in all of the missile silos. I mean, that's, that's how, that's how strong God is just with water, just, just with that thing. But that's not the most powerful thing in the universe. The Lord God Almighty hung on the cross. And what put him there? And what kept him there? It wasn't, it wasn't Rome. It wasn't, oh no, they have swords and spears. I guess I'll have to stay on this cross. No, I mean, he, he said, I could call, I could call a legion of angels. Might have been even more than a legion. I don't know. But in, in, in the, in the, uh, in the Old Testament, one angel came and killed 185,000 in one night. So I think a legion could probably do some, some serious damage. You're right, Tonto. No, it, it wasn't, wasn't fear of any kind of force or military power or government or anything like that. It, it wasn't, it wasn't the disapproval or, or power of religion. It wasn't a matter of, well, I guess I have to step here. The, the, the high priest says I'm guilty. He's, he just, he doesn't buy, he doesn't buy what I'm selling, you know. No, it, it wasn't that. It wasn't the majority mob frenzy that was going crucify him, crucify him. And of course, you guys, you've already blown my reveal. The only force strong enough to keep him on the cross is love. What kept him on the cross is this. God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son, that whoever believes on him should not perish but have eternal life. And Jesus told his disciples on the night before, he said, the prince of this world's coming, but he didn't have any power over me. No, this, this is what, this is what, this, what you're getting ready to see. This is what it's all about. The world must learn that I love the father. And that I do exactly what he has commanded me to do. And this is what he had commanded him to do. And it's love that will bring him back. It's love that allows him to come back. There's a picture that I've, I've put up from time to time, and I'm not going to put it up this week. I may next week of, of Christ's return on a white horse. You know, and some, some of you've seen it and you, it, it's a really cool picture. Uh, but, but people tend to look at that and sort of relate to it and go, wow, now that's power. Well, yes, but without the cross, he couldn't do that. Without the cross, the only thing he could do is, would be to come back and destroy us all. He, he couldn't just come back and, and, and redeem the world. He's not coming back just to be glorified and make, uh, prove that Satan's wrong. Now, it'll do both of those things, but He's coming back to, to, to gather the redeemed and, and to bring justice to the oppressed and uh, because He loves. He loves us. Strongest force in the universe. This last, uh, a, couple, a couple of weeks ago, I was, I was talking with a family, <clears throat> dealing with a prodigal child, and it, it put me in mind of myself so much, and I think I talked some about this last week, but... You know, what brought me back to the Lord? Nobody could talk to me. I, I knew more scripture than 
not anybody in the world, but most of the people that were trying to talk to me. Nobody could talk to me. Nobody could bully me into coming back to Jesus. That doesn't work very well. Uh, you know, if you've ever tried that, if it looked like it worked, it didn't. They were just getting rid of you. Nobody could do that. But love, love is what brought me back. Barbie, share that testimony. Yeah, come on up. Yeah, there's a microphone right there. Here's the light. <clears throat> yeah. No, they won't turn on enough light down there. Yeah, yeah. Come on, come on, come on, come on, come on. I bragged about your singing. Now, come on. Let's, I want, let's hear that. Let's hear that testimony. Uh, yeah, just just right here. I had uh, left the Lord. Golly, I was raised in the church and had followed the Lord for for a long time, and then went into a extremely long season of rebellion. Tailspin. <laughs> uh, t- yeah, tailspin. Yeah. And I was like Pastor Ronnie. Was sometimes the most dangerous thing is to be raised in the church because then you have the answers and nothing can combat the, the knowledge that you think you had. And I had left the Lord and I was running from him so hard, so hard. And I had a brand new baby. Aaron had just been born and I wanted nothing to do with the church. I wanted nothing to do with any of it. But there was this girl from my youth group. Her name was Diane Watkins. And she would call me. She would call and she said, can I just come and rock your baby? Can I just come over and rock your baby? And she would come to my house and she would sit down in the rocking chair with Aaron and she would begin to rock him and she would sing to him and just love on him. And she never said anything to me about Jesus, but everything she did testified of him. And as she would rock my baby and sing over him, the presence of the Lord would fill my home. And I just, I just remember standing there one day watching her and wanting to have this hard heart and not wanting to allow God to do what I knew God was doing. But all I could think was, Oh, I miss your presence. I miss what she carried. It wasn't about anything that anybody could say to me. It wasn't about anything religious. It had nothing to do with the church, but it had to do with someone who loved me enough to love my child. And to just call me and go, can I come rock your baby? That's how God got my heart back. It wasn't through scripture. It wasn't through anything, but it was an act of love that brought the presence of God into my home again and made me go, God, I'm coming back. I'm coming back. When we love one another, God is made manifest. His presence comes into the place. When, when Uncle Harry, the jerk that I talked about earlier, and if anybody hears name Harry, it's not you. I'm sure you're a good Harry. But, you know, when, when, when jerky Uncle Harry comes on Thursday, you're not going to win any prizes by being a bigger jerk than him. But you might win his eternal soul by loving him. By, by making that choice and breaking that chain. You don't have to push. You just have to love and God's presence is manifested. 
when I was uh, when I came back to the Lord, there was a chorus that we used to sing. Well, actually, whole song, but the chorus was by far the best part. That just meant so much to me because I went, yeah, I get it. This 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 is truth. Love lifted me. Love lifted me when nothing else could help. Love lifted me. Love lifted me. Love lifted me when nothing else could help. Love lifted me. Love lifts us up where we belong. (laughs) Just had to go there. Yeah. Love is like oxygen. All you need is love. (sighs) Free hug. (laughs) Would you stand? Those who are going to pray with people come forward. And I, I, I hope this has set a tone for your Thanksgiving, for your week. And, you know, if it isn't already the melody of your life, that maybe it'll become that. Change what that song is that's going on inside of you. If you need prayer... Uh, these brothers and sisters, we probably need a couple more to come as well. If you need, if you need prayer, uh, you come this morning. These brothers and sisters would love to pray with you, and the presence of God can be manifested because they love you. They really do. I know every one of them, and I know that God, God's real in their lives. If you if you don't need to come and pray, then worship with us for for a few minutes and create an atmosphere for those. We do need to come.